Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello, this is Kat from Glasgow. I have a dumpty dum for you from the lovely Stephanie, my niece, um, which was recorded at Christmas. Um, you can hear my baby nephew Jack in the background as well. And uh, this has been encouraged by her mum, Jen, Jenny, listening to uh, lots of the archers. Okay, here we go. Okay, that's it. Um, I forgot to say that was recorded in Cumbria, lovely Cumbria over um, over Christmas, and. yeah, both me and my sister Jenny are big fans of Dumpty Dum, so keep up the good work and uh, speak soon. Okay. That's so this, cute. I know, isn't it the best? You know, I do like the really polished ones where people get their saxes out and whatever and their grand pianos, but there's something very heartwarming yeah. about the shamateristic nature yes. of, you know, when people just like sing along, especially with toddlers who can't yeah. hold the tune. Yeah. <laughs> it, it and they get really cross the... when you try and help. <laughs> folks with an intro like that this can only be dumpty dum the show but the reality doggy drama that i sent on an ambridge in the heart of the midlands on the waterproof walking shoe and warm fleece that is royfield brown and with me i have the nylon football shirt and white trainers that is lucy freeman and the last part of lee's country ramble folks is you now this week's dumpty dum was from cat and Stephanie, and the whole of the menagerie that were all celebrating Christmas in Cumbria. And long may those lovely, cute, bonkers dumpy-dums, long may they continue to grace our vaults. Uh, Luce, if somebody else would like to uh, send us in a dumpy-dum, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, call us on 0203 031 3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Um, thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek for the loan in the back bedroom. Derek's been setting up Auntie Cardboard's Wi-Fi in her new flat in the Laurels. It's more difficult than he thought, so he's been tethered to our hotspot for weeks. Yay. <laughs> oh, well done, you. Uh, on this week's episode, folks, we have calls galore. We've even had to call some. So, we have. Um, Sorry if you were one of the cold ones. <clears throat> yes, because mm, 
uh, it's like the good old days when we had like one gazillion calls. So on this week's episode, we hear views from Master Miles, Lou, Philippa, Amy, Goddess Diva, she's back. The Goddess is back. Claire, <laughs> Simon and Kat. But first, folks, before all that, it's the bit you're all waiting for. It's our loose, my loose, everybody's Lucy, V Freeman and a week in Ambridge. This week was brought to you by meetings, meetings, meetings. I work by myself in a shed in my garden, so I quite like meetings as it's the only time I get to wear proper <laughs> shoes and drink coffee other people have made. But I have to say that all of the meetings in Ambridge businesses sound like something I would run a mile in crocs to avoid. First of all, Bridge Farm. Dreary, I think is the word for a bridge farm meeting. They all sit round the table. The springs have gone in Tony's chair, so he perches on a pile of rude sewage <laughs> bed today. Sample headline, what to do when the shit hits the fen. There is a chipped brown hey. teapot and everyone's got their own mug. Pat makes flapjacks with organic oats, black treacle and leeks. There's a bowl of hyacinth bulbs at the centre of the table that the cat's pissed in and it's so cold everyone's wearing <laughs> fingerless gloves. Anyway, words cannot express the utter lunacy of this lot. The entire family is letting business decisions be made by a woman Tom has known for, at the most, six months. They had to move the meeting for Natasha. He had to check everything with Natasha while they all waited with bated breath for whether she gave it the thumbs up or not. And then there was huge celebration when the blessed Natasha grudgingly said it was okay if they wanted to do whatever it was to their own farm. Natasha thinks your case is compelling, said Tom pompously. Really, said Tony, and then didn't go on to say, tell Natasha to shove her patronizing attitude right up her fruit farm. Tom and right. Pat quite like these meetings, though. No, Tony and Pat quite like these meetings, though, as it gives them an opportunity to say their favorite things. Pat says it reminds her of when they first went organic, and Tony talks about strong udders in a slightly hashtag me too way. <laughs> didn't end there they then discussed tom and natasha's idea for a business that they'd run together until they split up and it ends in a dramatic crisis it'll stagger humanity they've basically invented farm drop which i can vouch for as a successful idea but the fact that it was set up about six years ago and advertises all over the tube does rather detract from tom and natasha's depiction of it as a radical new idea that they thought of all by their little selves but wait, dear listener, even that is not all. Tony, not wanting to be left out, announced that he too had done a business plan with figures in it that he hadn't even made Ooh. up. His idea is to have more cows. Maybe bring back the cows they let go a fortnight ago. Basically, the cows at Bridge Farm are so well-traveled, they're more likely to get car sick than foot and mouth. And he's <laughs> going to kill the cows and make them into burgers or kefir or butchester blue or something. I wasn't listening. I was too busy banging my head on the desk. After that, with much fanfare, the Montbelliards arrived. Johnny detailed their arrival to poor Peggy, who was wondering why all the younger members of her family seemed to be more bonkers than she is. And then the door came down, Gran, and there they were looking at us, and we were looking at them. Isn't looking brilliant? <laughs> they must have wondered what on earth they were doing here, said Peggy, asking herself much the same question. So the Montbelliards <laughs> put out their gitan and peered out. <laughs> they were not keen to leave the lorry. Chantal, I have had a look. This is a shit place. Tell the driver <laughs> to turn around. It is cold and it smells of poo-poo and they are all wearing woolly hats. This little man keeps talking about my strong others. I want to go home. Moving on, meeting number two, the Home Farm Consortium. 
It was a bit tricky mm. squashing everyone into the cottage, so Alice sat on the spin dryer and Adam crouched under the table. Only one item on the agenda, <laughs> said Jennifer, and that is, please can someone stop my husband being a massive fuckwit? <laughs> Brian has decided to take a stand, take control and leave the EU. No, he's decided to plead not guilty. It comes to a pretty pass when Ruth Archer is dispensing legal advice that no one's thought of. Maybe it's her constant association with her best friend Usha Franks once every 18 months that's made her so knowledgeable about legal matters. Well, it seems to me, she said, adjusting her horsehair wig, that if Brian goes into court and tells a massive <laughs> humongous fibberoonie of Trumpian proportions and we all say, yes, that's right, we might get into trouble. Coward, hiccuped Alice, swigging from her bottle of fabric conditioner she'd found down the back of the dryer. <laughs> oh my God, said Adam. Hello? Hello, said Debbie. Can anyone hear me? Right, that's it, said Jenny. If you do this, Brian, I'm off ski. Now you've lost all your money, to be honest. I've kind of gone off you a bit anyway. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. And finally, the third meeting. The Archer siblings came together to discuss Elizabeth and her escalating mental health issues. It was like the Keystone Cops do in the psychiatrist's chair. I know how to deal with a mad, said David. We did it at the NFU. You put your car's tans under their ribcage and pull... Oh, no, hang on. That's the Heimlich manoeuvre. We did a mad the week after, but I was off then as I'd hurt my finger and mum did me a note. It's all about me, actually, said Shula. Why, said the other two. Well, everything is, isn't it? She said. No, 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 said Kenton. It's because of Freddie. How would you feel if someone took your son into prison? I'd bloody love it, said David. The upshot is they are going to ring her up and go and see her. I can see why they needed a meeting for that. That's definitely the kind of thing you can't just sort out on a WhatsApp group. And really, finally, I'm hoping I'm wrong about this, but I'm getting worried about Tim O'Tay, who seriously can't remember Ed's name as he either calls him Fella, Matey or Thingamabob. Who do my flip? Your man there. Anyway, Tim O'Tay <laughs> is whittling on about making your own luck and privilege and God knows what else. Ed is buggering about with money and I can hear the countdown music in my head before Ed accidentally pisses away the deposit money by giving it all to Timote, who's had a great idea for a new conditioner. Ed, we have been through a lot with you. We have seen you through the fastest crack addiction in the history of drugs. We've held you back when you wanted to thump Will and hump Emma. For the love of God, <laughs> don't do this. Emma doesn't deserve it and neither do we. The end. Oh, well done. You. That was so much better than last week. Some proper gags in it. Hey. Do you think it's because uh, I'm under my blanket? Maybe that's it. Is, it. it is. It is. You've, you've formed uh, a tent with your head, haven't you? Yes. Listeners, I better explain this. I'm in the kitchen because I'm waiting for my washing machine to arrive. And um, um, it's a new washing machine. It's not like my old one's just gone for a walk or something. And um, I am sitting here and Royfield said I was too echoey. And I know I was last week too. So I've now had to make a tent out of the pepper pot, my laptop, a cup of tea and my microphone and my head. And it's getting quite hot now because the phone's on and I'm, it's under, I'm under a woolly National Trust dog blanket. So if my neighbours can see in, they're going to think I have lost it entirely. <laughs> you know what, um, what I should have told you to do? What? You've got to also have something soft on on the table as well. Oh. Well, all the soft things are over my head. We haven't but really what, got time for me to go off and find a soft thing no, now, have we? But for next time. But I should do that next, next time. time. Okay. Right. Now, folks, uh, Lucy is having a new uh, washing machine delivered. And so we are up against it. So there is no normal. We are up against it, Luce. Come on. Let, let's be honest. Right. There is there is no time to fanny about on this no, podcast this week. There will week. be no there fannying. Isn't. 
Mm-mm. Yes. Uh, Neil Defanny. Whole... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, considering uh, it's Neil by Fanny on this podcast, yep. uh, it's time to, to do a little bit of this. Hello, Ambridge3962. Right then, Lucy. Uh, shall we have a blast from the past? The goddess. Yes. Yes. Hi, Dumpty Dums. Goddess Diva here. Yes, I know it's been a long while. Life has been ridiculously busy. I married the anarchist, we moved to the valleys, and I started my degree finally. So, a couple of things I wanted to say. One was about Philip. I know everybody's saying what a great guy he is, but I'm spotting some red flags. The way he talks about his ex is the main one. Now, Helen, having been on the receiving end of all women are psychos, you'd think that maybe it would be a red flag to her how he talks about her and how unreasonable she is. But let's see. I'm not sure about him. Yet again, I'm, there's a man in Helen's life I'm not sure about. But we'll see how this plays out. Second thing I wanted to talk about was the farming aspect. Now, during the summer, I became the proper cliched student. And to keep myself financially afloat, did some phone sex work. Now, I'm not going to go into the details, <laughs> but you can, as I'm sure you can understand... The longer you keep them on the phone, the more money per minute you're making. So imagine my delight when I had a customer who said he was in dairy. Of course, I asked him if he had a herringbone parlour. He asked me how I knew about the herringbone parlours. And we talked about the arches and cheese an hour. A whole hour, blissful, where I didn't have to talk about... Expletive, 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 expletive. <laughs> or pretend I was actually interested in his life. So yeah, keep the farming bits in. I like them. They mean my work is easier and there's a whole hour I don't have to fake being interested in a man. And yeah, I think that's probably about it. Otherwise, I'll go on for hours and hours. It's lovely to be back in touch with you all. Lovely to still be listening to the podcast. And absolutely brilliant to hear Lucy's cackle. All right, Dumpty Dum. Got a out. God, you got your cackle in spades during Who her call. Who knew? Who knew that we were providing a public service to the sex industry? Blimey. Mm. <laughs> I know. There's many uses you can put this podcast to. Now, <laughs> uh, how about that? She didn't we mean have... Philip, did she? She meant Lee. Yeah, she totally meant Lee. Yeah. She totally meant Lee. And I think. Um, for me, See, more to me, a... he just sounds a bit harmless. He just sounds a bit of a divot. Well, a divot can be very harmful if you'd like mm. you can trip over one, can't you? You know, put <laughs> your, you know, you foot, your ankle gets stuck down one of them and done yourself a proper mischief. Um, well, the thing is with Lee, we're supposed to. He's not intellectually her equal, is no. it? Hence the whole Dan Brown stuff and whatever. That, for me, is, is kind of more of a, oh, I don't know. Is, is she making do? After Horrible Rob, is she basically saying... Yeah, she just found someone so anodyne and safe that... Exactly. But I think when Rob comes back and Lee karate chops him in the knackers, we'll all change our tune and th- then we'll all like Lee. <laughs> well, I think so too. Though I don't think Rob's coming back anytime soon. No. Hmm. 
But then again, you know what? He could Lee could actually be. Do you think Lee and Helen are destined to be together? Would you like them actually to be together? Do you think Helen just needs some calm, and that's what Lee is? Yes, yes, yeah. And he's very mm. disciplined, and he's very sort of ordered, you know, with his fitness and everything, in the way that that she sort of likes, and 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 yeah, is. I think there's a lot of him that would appeal to her. She's gone from one extreme to the other, though, hasn't she? She's gone from a very controlling, very kind of, um, very mm. dominating, very masculine, superior. Ma- I mean, he considers himself to be superior to Lee, who's quite sort of self-effacing and takes the mick out of himself, and you know, um, and sort of identifies her as above him. I think he sees mm. that as well. Mm. Probably, probably. Now, um, I'm acutely aware of the time and we don't want you. Who's delivering it for you? Is it UPS? Is it? Um... Um, I don't know. Me Washing either. machine deliverers. Oh, OK. Well, we don't want them uh, to bing your bong halfway through the podcast, do we? They so... will, though. It's sod's law, won't they? <laughs> They'll come early. Is it absolutely a three o'clock delivery or are they saying between no, this hour and that hour? No, it's before three. Oh, wow. All right, then. Ooh, Matthew Stone it is in. I'm not going to fan you about. Hi, first-time caller in, Matthew Stone. Uh, not first-time contributor because uh, I'm the chap that did the uh, saxophone uh, uh, thing over Christmas, which was good fun, and thanks for playing that. And thanks for all the uh, entertainment you guys have provided over the last, uh, well, I've only been listening for about six months, but it's been it's been one hell of a ride. Thank you. But it's felt uh, like longer, Matthew. I want to uh, <laughs> point about Helen and Lee. Um the uh, romantic comedy moment on the uh, on the hill, as I call yeah. it, glove actually. Uh, that whole <laughs> bit about gloves was very sweet, but somewhat unbelievable. I mean, firstly, she strikes me as the sort of person that might have her gloves or mittens on string around her back. <laughs> and I don't think that you'd be able to stretch the string that far. And secondly, his hands would be massive. I mean, he's a PT instructor or pretending to be a PT instructor, but certainly a karate instructor. Massive hands. You know, big manly man by the sound of things, and he's not my gloves. No, 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 no. Um, but it was good fun, quite sweet, I suppose. Um, and uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that one. I can't also imagine Helen wanting to go out with someone who wears white trainers. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's a look, isn't it? White trainers. I'm not sure. It's very Ambridge. Uh, no. I just can't see it how you go from a man who likes hunting to yeah. a man who likes JD sports, other sportswear <laughs> retailers are available. Anyway, that was it. Uh, thanks again for your entertainment and um, for entertaining me rather. And um, keep up the good work, etc., etc., etc. Bye. The thing is, though, Lucy, there's I think one... Matthew quite fancies Lee by the side. Big manly hands. He's <laughs> getting quite carried away there. <laughs> well, you, you'd think you'd think he would because doesn't he? Because he does massage as well, doesn't he? Mm. There you go. Um, masseuses always have, you know, um, well developed hands, shall we say? Uh, mm. But um, I'm going to slightly stick up for white trainers, right? Because again, I think we're all well, not we, but you lot are all displaying your inverted snobbery. Not even inverted. It's just... No, I was going to say it's yeah, snobbery. It's just snobbery. <laughs> it's it's just snobbery. Yeah. <laughs> because there's white trainers and then there are Adidas Shelto classics. And I think you can wear them. And You can't wear them on a country walk. No, 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 no. But it's just what Matthew said is that 
she wouldn't be with a man that wears white trainers. At, you know, okay. full stop. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying there is a subtle distinction between a classic pair of 80s trainers yeah. and some high fangled, you know, bits with go faster stripes on, yeah. uh, which you would get from JD Sports, which are very Well, the ones that my, my daughter has that make her walk like Robocop. It's kind of good clump, <laughs> clump, clump. You know, she's sort of swinging her legs across the floor. Mm. She looks like a golf club, these skinny legs and these massive, great, big, white, plonky things on the end of them. Mm. Um, Yes, there's a class. There's a class. There's a class issue here that they are highlighting. Uh, in spades. In, in spades. spades. Yes. 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 Uh, but Matthew, uh, thank you for uh, your sax rendition of Barwick Green, and uh, thank you for being a now a first time caller in after being a dum de dumber in uh, So well done. Uh, you is part of the family, and we're going to move swiftly on and have a little touch of our Philippa. Hello, this is Philippa. It's the second time I'm calling in. Just to recap, I'm a Josh Archer, and Good. therefore yes. I feel the need on behalf of the Josh Archer isn't as bad as you think party to make <laughs> you aware that Josh Archer isn't as bad as you think. Number one, <laughs> yes, he, is. <laughs> he has the only profitable business in the whole area. That's Number true. two, when he's done wrong, like leave the hen house open to the fox, he confesses immediately, apologises and more than makes up for it, unlike Pip. Number three, mm. he has had to share a house with Ruth, David and Pip for his entire life. I would rather apply a cheese grater to my eyeballs than that. Number four, he is the only one to have come up with a viable solution to the cattle feed problem. Despite David huffing like Biscuits. a teenager and Pip being sarcastically scathing all the time, he is not Geoffrey Joffrey from Games of Thrones. <laughs> he is the only one on the archers, I think, with no mental health issues, a business and an actual sense of humour. So I'm <laughs> off to print some Josh tea towels. Thank you. Good like for that. you. Good yes. for you, Philippa. Actually, she, she speaketh sense, this lady. Mm-hmm. Yes, especially about the profitable business. Well, no, home, well, home farm's profitable too, isn't it? Was, till they get clobbered with an enormous fine. Oh, God, that's true. Yeah, the bull, the bull's profitable. No, it's not. He's just said how much they lost over, over Bonfire Night and Lower Halloween. Loxley, Lower Loxley. He's going down the shitter, yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing left. <laughs> They might as well just shut up shop and clear off. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to say the village shop, but no, that's run as a, no, that's the tea room, by Peggy. Despite that, the tea room, despite <laughs> the fact that there is never anyone in there, <laughs> that just seems to, you know, be fine. Ugh, considering catering businesses are one of some of the most unstable. Yes. The Airbnb business being run out of home farm, out of, uh, you know, the old cottage at home farm. That, that's, uh, that's profitable. Yes, yes, there I'm we sure go. it is. Yes. Hardly a cottage. It's a proper proper pile. But anyway, right. Uh, Philippa, um, excellent call. And uh, we'll move on. So we did done a bit of Philippa, Arlous. Uh, why don't we go back to um, upside downside New York State and have a look okay. at Master Miles. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Master Miles here in the winter wonderland of upstate New York. 
In Ambridge this week, Lee and Helen seem to be tentatively sniffing around each other. I think they're perfect for each other. They're both boring. (laughs) And Lee is strong without being in any way threatening, which I think is what Helen needs. However, the big anxiety in their relationship right now is when he will find out that she sort of tried to murder her ex-husband. And the problem here is that it was all over Radio Borsature. It was all over The Echo. I'm sure it was even covered by the BBC. I've heard lesser crimes covered by the BBC, and I live on a different continent. So surely he already knows. And if he doesn't already know, then what rock has he been living under? That's a warning sign right there. Now, as for Tom and Natasha, I think they're also perfect for each other. They both love writing new business plans and having sex, and they seem to be doing an awful lot of both. I think their plan (laughs) to turn the veg boxes into an app is way beyond what they're capable of. Yep. Uh, It's turning themselves from a farm stand into a nationwide supermarket chain, and I don't think they have the suppliers, the scale – the expertise or the infrastructure to do any of it. So we'll see how that goes. And wasn't the plot line that Tom strikes out on his own and starts a business that isn't formally part of Bridge Farm? It's been done before. It was done with his ready meals years ago, right around when I first started listening to the show. Um, So I don't know why they're beating that dead horse again. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, the Anguses, sure, keep the Anguses, let them mix with the Montbelliards. They're cows. I don't know the difference. Um, I'm glad they're <laughs> calling them Montes now, though, because I'm tired of all the strangely pronounced French. Anyway, that's all from me this week. Bye. Mm. Bye. <laughs> it is, He's it's- right. It's like Bridge Farm is stuck. It's just, there's no after after that you know they sort of, they used up all their plot on Helen and Rob and now they're just stuck having business meetings and talking about leaks. That's it. That's all they do. Mm. Get when, cows. Get rid of cows. Bring them back. During, during your monologue, um, mm. I was thinking back to the days when I used to listen to um, to soap operas, watch them even, um, and I can't think of another continuous drama where business meetings actually are central. Howard's Way. Jesus, now you're going back, aren't you? Yeah. I love Howard's Way. The very fact that you reach for Howard's Way kind of proves the point then, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But that's what um, Howard's Way was what, you remember um, Fry and Laurie used to do um, (gasps) a Mickey take of... Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, well, they used to do a Mickey take of Howard's Way and Dallas and all those things. And they'd have these business that were they were pacing the pacing the boardroom floor suddenly go damn it marjorie and all, <laughs> it was, <laughs> that's the only yeah when i think about it the only thing mm. that comes to mind is fry and laurie and they yeah they were taking off howard's way in dallas yeah but it was always um that was always boardroom that was always takeovers wasn't it and yeah people yeah mm-hmm but that was like a proper board. That's more like BL. This is just, I've got a business plan. So have I. You read yours and then I'll read mine. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but it's like we've had how many business meetings? How many new new sort of pitch things have we had like in the last it, three months? It was. Five? It was sweet going on pathetic when Tony said, I've got a business plan and I've got some figures. You yeah. did yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine that, Lucy? A business plan with figures. With figures, I know. Do you think that's where we've been going wrong? (laughs) We've just been colouring in pictures, and that's why nobody will believe us. Mm. Anyway, right? 
Who's right. next? Uh, it's our Dusty, another another old time listener. Hello, it's Dusty Substances Ooh. here, the wrong sort of listener. <laughs> I hope you can hear me because I've actually lost my voice, but I, I felt I had to ring in. Um, all this crap about uh, secret romances is really getting on my wig. Um, I mean, I can if I'm charitable, which uh, hopefully I am. I can see why um, Helen might want to uh, keep her and Lee under wraps uh, for a little bit um, because she's a bit vulnerable. But it's just such a common thing in Ambridge. My feeling always has been that if a romance has to be a secret, um, ask yourself why you're having the romance. Um, The fact that it's got to be secrets uh, might ring some alarm bells. It happens all the time in Ambridge. Anyway, I think that's probably all I can manage with my voice. Lots of love to everybody. Uh, Thanks Mm -hmm. for the podcast. And speak soon when I've hopefully got more of a voice. Bye. Bye. You should not have been calling in, uh, Dusty. She was losing a a larynx the more she went on. Yeah. Anyway, lovely call. Lovely to hear from you. And she's right about, you know, hidden hidden romances and stuff. But yes, um, Helen does have some reason to be a little bit uh, trepidatious, doesn't she? I know, but making up an entire thing, mm. you know, but then look at what's happening to poor old Lexi with Susan mentally measuring our waistline every time she leaves the house. You can kind of <laughs> see why it might be, make you feel a bit sort of mm. under surveillance, I suppose. Yes, 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 yes. Uh... You know what, Luce? We're rattling through these so fast. We're going to have to start filling. So no, we but, aren't. Oh, oh. Next, hey, I, I tell you what would be tell you what would be cool is what? if, like, when your man bings your bong, right? We actually mm-hmm. hear that, and we actually hear him come into your kitchen and say, All "Right, in love, where do you want it?" You know, because I tell you, one of the best bits of Dum De Dum. In the last couple of months has actually been uh, your kids uh, wandering in and uh, when you had to go and have that wee. I've had a couple <laughs> of emails about that. The drama <laughs> of you. <laughs> so I reckon, I reckon, right, uh, just to, to play up the kind of DIY nature of this podcast, we should actually mm. just slow things down so that uh, your, your delivery man does get in on the act. Or maybe no, I'm, I'm still just... got to leave and go and get my daughter. Hurry All up. Right, cool. What's next? All right, then. It's Claire Taylor. Hello, hard dumpty dummers. Greetings to you all. In response to Lucy and Royfield's very positive and warm welcome that I received, it's fired up my confidence. So I'm I'm back again with another Yay. another thought. So in response <laughs> to Lucy's suggestion of sending a busload of therapists to Ambridge. It got me thinking back to an HBO TV series that was on a few years ago in the States called In Treatment, and it starred the Irish actor Gabriel Gabriel Byrne Byrne. as a therapist, and each episode focused on therapy sessions that he had with different individuals. And at the end of each programme, there was a session between Gabriel Byrne's character and his therapist. So my idea is this. To pitch it to Radio 4, you can have a Radio 4 extra show called In Treatment, The Archers. Just an idea. Anyway, hope everybody's well this week in Dumpty Dumland. And thank you for letting me have my tuppence worth again. 
And that's pretty much it for this week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Mm. Did you ever watch In Treatment? No. It was very good. It's like the late noughts and, as you said, Gabriel Byrne, I forget where he was. Maybe he was in New York, but he's his therapist. And and the whole conceit of it was is that you didn't know who was going to walk in the door. And, of course, for that half an hour, you're immersed in that person's life. You know, they're just talking to Gabriel Byrne. And then, I don't know, after about 10 episodes or so, um, you got the first person back in again because, like, the week had turned round. And right. then as well as it being a study of – this person's life and then and their issues and then Gabriel Byrne the way that he kind of thinks about it his life and you know and the trauma things that he's kind of going through then then kind of come in and you realized it and you realized then it was a serial when you get the person from episode one is back in episode 10 and you right. follow up it, it was actually very very good very 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 good and it's just one of those things which um uh was um a, a kind of a classic bit of drama, but was kind of like floated off in the way that, you know, there's so much, so much good TV right now that it's just been, you know, almost, almost forgotten about, but it was kind mm. of early kind of HBO and was actually very, very good. Mm. Mm. But I do think though, I was listening back to us talking about, uh, our Elizabeth mm. and the fact, and, and I just said, she needs her mum. Right now, very mm. obviously, uh, things have progressed in a downward spiral vis-a-vis her her life and her psyche since that since then. And I do think that us as Brits, we aren't quite as disposed to running to a therapist um, as readily as as Americans and funny enough, Argentinians that have the most amount of therapists per head of the population anybody on planet Earth. Um, even though the stigma is lessening. Uh, at a rapid pace there still is a certain amount of stigma but I was just kind of thinking that when we look at continuous dramas the role of a therapist is kind of almost absent isn't it you think of all the bonkers things that have happened in coronation but that's because that's Mm. because we're the therapist that's because the audience at home is sitting there going well she well the reason she's like that is because of so and so isn't it I mean it's obvious that, that you know that's what she's like. Or when you look at her mother, you can see why she's like that or whatever. If you had the therapist, the characters would not act out in the same way. And then we would have nothing to watch. Or to listen to. Or to listen to. Goodness. You're so smart, you know. Well, well done. All right. No, that, just... that, that could be completely wrong though, could it? It's very likely it's completely wrong. But anyway, it's just what, it's what no, I but, think but, in it. But, but if you have not, sat down and considered that and you just come off come to that conclusion off the top of your noggin that is some good off the top of your noggin bullshitting and it's very good <laughs> that's the story of my life off the top of my noggin bullshitting i might do a 10 point how-to guide hmm. I, I suppose that there's a lot in that that we are supposed to uh infer the motivation the defect in the character and you know why they're doing x and y and z um and i suppose you don't want resolution every time do you, no. you don't want them to be fixed no 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 it's got, you, you've got to have your cast of players has to have a consistent characters and that means consistent character flaws so you can predict what they're going to do and you know ah ah contraire 
Au contraire. But they can't always be consistent with their flaws because we do need character arcs. We do need redemption yeah. every now and then. We do need the hero Well, it's not to... like Neighbours, though, is it? Every half an hour, somebody learns something and then, <laughs> and then you know, it's off to the next crises. Hmm. Yes. Right, then. Uh, well, you're smart. So, Witherspoon, no more calling in from you. You're not needed. <laughs> <laughs> been pointless you've been calling in for four years sir because you just determined no that, please uh, please do please do with a spoon <laughs> don't. <laughs> i don't know i'm on the fence at best here <laughs> sorry lonnie uh, right um but the, the uh, one of the lovely things about a drama is that it obviously connects with listeners and we take away things and we see our lives uh mirror don't we with the characters and the things that they go through. So here's our Amy Gilbert, who um, I think she was somewhat touched by some of the things that happened last week in Ambridge. Hi, it's uh, Amy Gilbert here. Haven't called in for a while, but, you know, some things just happen and they affect you, like last night's episode of The Archers. Uh, big, mahusive, uh respect to uh, Alison Dowling, who did a wonderful job last night at portraying... Um, somebody in the midst of a breakdown um and yeah i was just really affected by it i still am actually um i mean i've only just listened to it um but i'm yeah it's still sort of going around in my head um sorry i'll try and keep this short um but for somebody who suffered with um, mental health issues anxiety and mild depression um it really hit home uh to to how pe- lost people can get before they find mm. help and I know exactly what Elizabeth was saying when she said that she didn't feel good enough, that she felt pathetic, um, because I felt that on a number of occasions um, over the years. And yeah, so yeah, what a brilliant episode. And I hope that this storyline continues to highlight mental health. And I hope that eventually that she will um, get some help. And mm. yeah, but I hope everyone's okay. And love you all. And I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I I agree. I thought it was brilliantly portrayed. Mm. Um, and that's the snappishness with Kenton, where he's floundering around saying, I, "I can help," and she's going, "How? How can you help?" And he sort of says, "I can, I can, I can call you more. I can, you know." He just doesn't know, and she needs. You know, she needs professional intervention. She needs some sort of, you know, uh, she needs talking therapy. She needs, well, I think she needs antidepressants. She needs, or, you know, maybe some sort of sedative or something for when things get too much, but just sort of knocking herself out with, with, with sleeping pills. And then, but it's the shutting herself off. That's the, that's the bit that's most accurate saying, no, I won't go out. I won't, I won't see anyone. I won't, I'll just manage. And it's like, I think you sort of feel like you've got, you ought to have sort of traffic cones around you uh, and mm. police tape. And it just says, keep back. You know, you just, you don't want anyone to help you because you don't think they can. And you don't want to embarrass yourself by talking about how you're feeling. And also you, you, you you're sort of trying to protect everyone else from you as well, because you think I'm such a walking shit show that everyone else will get drawn into my shit show. So I've just got to keep it. I'm protecting myself and I'm protecting everyone else by not letting them in. And then she gets cross with him when he's trying to help Mm. because she thinks he doesn't realize how she's feeling and she doesn't want to admit how she's feeling. It was, yeah, it was really, really 
uh, yeah, I agree with with Amy. Very, very well portrayed and quite um, horrible to listen to. And, and you just felt unbelievably sorry for her. And it's not just, I think Freddie's the trigger, but there's a lot that's been, you know, it's 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 sort of a vicious well, circle because the, the yeah, worse she's it, feeling, the less she can cope with what's happened with the business, and then the the business tanks, and then she feels pathetic about that. And you know, she's being rescued by her daughter, which is like the reversal of how she wants things to be. And you know, yeah, mm. just really, really well done. But the snapping was that when when she suddenly said, "Oh, for God's sake!" You know, it's sort of yeah, it was mm. very accurate. I thought, yeah, and. We haven't. Sp- I was going to. I was about to say we haven't spent a lot of time with Elizabeth since the death of Nigel, and, and we have, haven't we? Because there's the whole Roy thing. So we have mm. had periods. We've spent periods at Lower Loxley, and we've seen, uh, you know, when Roy went there, and then the affair with Roy, and and all, and all that kind of malarkey. And she's never recovered, has she? Quite simply, no. you know, the tiny little thing with Iftikhar, but she's never really recovered, and she's never been comfortable being a single mother and and in hindsight you can see that and she's actually said it and yeah. you know and there was the really touching um scene um about God, was it when the when the twins were 18 and she gave them keepsakes from their dad yeah etc yeah that you know that the poor woman has never recovered from that and People are just too busy getting on with their lives uh, to realise. And also, um, I don't, you know, she is probably not quite well. Obviously, she's realised that she always misses, misses a Mister Husband, but it's not been able to cope mm. with you know when tragedies kind of come her way. She hasn't had that person to lean on. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and also she she's she's, like gonna be alone. she's done what an awful lot of people do, which is fake it you know i don't want to bother Mm. anyone else with how i'm feeling there's a lot i should feel positive about i'm just being self-indulgent i should just crack Mm. on get on with my work not think about it i'll be fine and so when someone says to you how are you and you say i'm fine there's only so many times they can say that and there's only so many times you can say i'm fine before they give up because they just think Mm. okay she's fine or i know she's not fine but she doesn't want any help well the yeah and I'm kind of listening back, trying to remember back to listening to that scene. And for me, what stood out, there were, there were two things, was that she does flip from obviously being in some level of distress to actually sounding like she's fine, which uh. has been kind of the overriding thing with her performance that obviously us as the listeners, uh, we know that she's kind of struggling, but she can put on game face. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. And then you've got the fact that all the things that Kenton said were pretty much standard that anybody would say in that um, situation. Yeah. He yeah. didn't say, oh, come on, snap yourself out yeah. of it. Yeah. You know, look at the big house that you're in. Yeah. You know, you're sat in a pile of money. Yeah. You're fine. He didn't. No. He was um, sympathetic you know, as a regular normal person trying to cope with somebody who they know is in uh, mental anguish would be, you know, it's his little sister, etc. But he's not equipped. He's not equipped no. with the language and with the skills. Um, but, you know, you, 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 and it was just great writing. It was great yeah. writing, yeah. great acting. And we were served up a treat. So yeah. uh, well done, all concerned, I say. 
On that note, Arlis, shall we take a little bit of a break, come back to the side with a touch of the yokels? Yes. Oh, I'll tell you what, you know, just before we go to the ad break, that yokel bear, mm-hmm. you want to, like, he's a joy to follow on Facebook. I know you don't do the Facebook, right? but I'm just saying, generally. He's very funny it, on Twitter. He's very funny, full stop. But, like, he's quite political on the Facebook. Mm. And uh, he manages to see the humour in the Brexit crisis strategy that we're all kind of going through. And like really? every day Blimey. is funny, funny, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poignant, funny, punching the balls, funny, you know, uh, oh, just like, he's, you're a good egg, sir. Anyway, uh, other side of some ads, we're going to listen to uh, Mr. Yokel Bear, uh, not talk about Brexit and just uh, deal with Ambridge instead. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Yokel Bear here calling with the social media roundup for the week. And we started the week with me pointing out that Adam seemed to be having a few second thoughts about the baby. Uh. He certainly wasn't that um, enthusiastic, was he? Um, So we had a bit of a a Facebook discussion about this, and this led to two predictions that uh, people have made. Now, remember, officially... Dumpty Dum predictions are 100% accurate. We are Nostradamus of Borsetshire. Mind you, he wasn't very accurate, was he? No. Mm. Anyway, Rita Maynard King said, Alice will kill Adam over the strawberries, Ian will get the blame, then Jenny will take the baby, raise it and live to be 225 years old. Finding Mm -hmm. out that she and Joe Grundy had drank the water runner from Brian's farm disaster, finally explaining how Joe is still having a drink at the bull at the ripe old age of 450 years old. Well, Rita, if I, you know, if that's not a plausible prediction, I don't know what is really, to be honest with you. 
Whereas Carrie Purdom said, Lexi goes back to Bulgaria and due to Brexit can't come back to the UK to give birth. The baby's born in Bulgaria. The custody battle then breaks uh, Ian and Adam up. Ian falls in love with the lawyer. Adam and Charlie get back together. <laughs> Rob Tichinov appears and Charlie kills him. Yep, plausible. And I will say, I'm officially stating it here, the campaign to bring back Charlie Thomas, be still my beating heart, Charlie Thomas <laughs> starts here. What else did we talk about? We talked about Jenny Darling and her rebellion against Brian. Um, she's really laying down the law, isn't she? Um, Rona Humphrey said Jennifer was fab. Brian knows he did wrong, um, whether it was years ago or not. He should not try and get away with it. He deserves jail um, and Jenny leaving him. Um, Sarah Passingham said, go Jenny, go. Love a righteous, strong woman. Which, yes, we do at Dumpty Dum as well. And Pat yep. Ralph um, Hanavan said, yes, good on Jennifer. I much prefer righteous, outraged Jennifer to woe is me, wherever can I put my tajine, Jennifer. Yes, she's when she's on a mission, she is quite formidable, isn't she? And it's quite a sight to behold. However, in another thread later in the week, Janice Betson actually put another point of view about Brian. Um, she said, actually, I think Brian has a point. The charge was hey? knowingly polluting a watercourse. Brian did not know he was polluting a watercourse. Yes, he allowed the waste to be buried in his land, but he didn't know he was polluting the watercourse. Um, and goes on to say that, you know, government departments often lose cases because they didn't get something exactly right. Maybe this is it. Maybe Brian is going to get away with it. But Rob Williams came in with a plot prediction. We've been very heavy on the plot predictions this week. And this plot prediction really needs to end with the closing theme from EastEnders. This is Rob Williams' prediction. Brian refuses to plead guilty. The family collectively say, tough titty, you're on your own. Apart from <laughs> Alice, whose drunken tirade gets them both sent down. A crony of Matt Crawford agrees to shiv Brian in the shower for a packet of B&H, allowing Charles Collingwood um, to... Um, Collingwood? Collingwood? Oh, Collingwood. Collingwood. Well... Yep, Charles, the actor, <laughs> whilst the blood and suds gurgles down the drain. Doof, 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 doof. <laughs> Other things we need to talk about is um, we need to talk about Ben and Rory. Um, anyone picking up the subtext here? You know, Ben's very keen to spend Valentine's Day with Rory. And as the kids say, I'm totally shipping them. Joshua Yoda said, I've been thinking this exact thing. They're going to be picking out curtains and matching dishes before you know it. I'm totally team Bruari. But Glim Fuller Love said, I think they're just two teenage boys desperate to impress girls and to date. Um, being successfully unsuccessful at this. Whereas Alice Brennan has actually given some practical advice um, about if um, Ben and Rory were to become a couple. Alice says, I was trying to figure out what kind of cousins they would be, but as Rory is merely the bastard offspring of an archer-in-law, it's fine. So there you go, boys. Alice has said it's fine. Carry on. But taking a more serious turn now, um, midweek, um, when Elizabeth broke down, what an incredibly powerful scene that was. Um, it really kind of stopped me in my tracks. 
Um, and, you know, a few people had um, some thoughts on this. Uh, Paul Schluss said, several people, Lily, Johnny, Shula, Kenton, etc., have had glimpses of the situation, but until they confer, they can't see the severity. Very, very much the same thing happened with uh, Helen and Rob, and it happens all too often in the real world. Um, Sasha Menesh said, I actually really appreciated Kenton here. Elizabeth needed someone to keep pushing and asking questions. Thankfully, Kenton was there to do that. Whereas Sally Walcadle said, um, I haven't heard tonight's episode uh, yet, but Johnny suspected something seriously going on weeks ago because it was him that phoned Lily. Yes, Sally, actually, do you know what? This is more evidence for my growing theory that the most mature person in Ambridge is Johnny. He really knows what he's about and he's really kind of emotionally intelligent in a lot of ways. Got so much time for Johnny. But yes, you're right. He did actually um, point this out. Also on the Facebook page, we had a really good thread, which is worth a look about. We we just asked a question, you know, in real life... um, what have you done to support somebody with depression? Um, and there's some really good posts on there that it's really worth um, looking at. And I think, you know, this plot line rings true for a lot of people um, about the way Elizabeth is at the moment and kind of the way it, um, she can have moments when she's okay, but then everything kind of comes crashing in again. Um, so I'm interested to see where this plot line goes. And finally, I think we need to talk about Natasha, because we asked the question, does Natasha's Natasha's involvement in the family business as early in a relationship ring true for you? Um, And a lot of people had a lot of opinions. Mia Fox said, I don't know if I'm more sick of hearing Natasha's wisdom or Sausage Boy saying her name every two seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, totally agree there. Fed up with hearing the name Natasha. Terry Gardner said, it's getting a bit weird. Yes, yes it is, Terry. Kate Lyle would like to point out to the scriptwriters, for the millionth time, Tom is 37, not 21. 37. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, he's really kind of immature in a lot of ways. Yep. And he does seem to kind of just need other people to tell him what to do, which I think is a really terrible thing for a businessman to, you know, you need to, if he's he's got a business, he needs to kind of make his own decisions. And talking of Tom's business sense, Peter Mabbott said, Tom's business acumen seems to be focused in the end of his knob. The bell end <laughs> is thinking of his bell end. But it's the tattoo. Welsh mind control tattoo. What little cognitive function Tom had, and there wasn't much at the best of times, is now completely under Natasha's thrall. Yep, totally agree. I mean, he just doesn't seem to be able to do anything without her input. No. Um... And I don't know, I find her a little bit annoying because of that. Um, But I also find Tom really annoying. It's Sausage Boy. We all find him annoying, don't we? Yep. Anyway, that's the social media roundup for the week. Um, So I will see you in two weeks' time. And next week, you have the marvellous Millie Bell. Um, So goodbye. Bye. Just on the Tom thing, Mm. right, um... What was his? I, I forgot his partner's name beforehand. Name begins with B. Brenda. Brenda. There oh yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. It's not quite true that Tom um, is completely led by others, because when he was first with Kirsty, 
he trampled all over her. He didn't listen to a word he said. And Tom yeah. in the noughts was very much it, immature. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it was a case of, right, mom and dad, this is what we should be doing with the farm. Yeah. I'm doing my sausages. I'm He's doing my ready He's absolutely hopeless at treating anybody like an equal. But, but here's the thing, though. I slightly disagree with that because with Brenda, he did treat her like an equal. He didn't treat her like he treated Kirsty. No. And the reason why Brenda went uh, left him is because he wanted family and he wanted to settle down, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. And Brenda didn't. Yeah. He absolutely did treat Brenda as an intellectual equal. Mm, yeah. uh, Brenda did all the PR stuff and he would defer to her and she helped him with the business, etc. Right. Uh, and now with Natasha, he's a, a lick spittle. She's yeah. walking all over him. So yeah. actually, yeah, we've had obviously two different times. Well, she's but, not. Yeah. She's not walking all over him. He is treating her as if she is the saviour of the farm and mm. the only person who they should be listening to, that they shouldn't be trusting their own judgment. They should be listening entirely to her. And she's not saying you can't have the meeting at three o'clock because I can't be there. He's saying we have to move it because Natasha can't be there. You know, he kind of, he admires her so much that he's desperate for everyone else to do that as well. Mm. And he's just turned her into, but it's not fair uh, to no. blame her. It's not her fault. It's it, the way he's treating her. No, that is true. That is true, Arloose. However, Mr. Yokel Bear, and to that uh, that listener, you're wrong, actually, about, about Tom in terms of he's incredibly immature, but he's actually displayed a different relationship dynamic with all of his yeah. uh, ma major partners. He absolutely has. Mm. Uh, I think what we haven't done, Arloose, because we haven't uh, done what we think of the last week in Ambridge, we just went straight into the mm. course. We actually haven't really talked about that uh, Brian and Jenny showdown, have we? No. Uh... I'm. This is my worry about the whole thing. That obviously there have been rumours, whispers that uh, Charles, the actor Charles, wants to leave or is going to leave. Well, Kerry said that was bollocks. Did he Ker say that? Yeah, uh, on the Twitters he said it's not true. Ah, oh. or is or is that misinformation? Well, no. He well he he said that's a rumour and it's not true. Oh, okay. Phew. All right. Yeah. Because it's, he just reminds me of King Lear at the moment. Um, okay. Brian, just sitting there with his children and, you know, some of them are backing him up and some of them are, you know, uh, sort of Debbie will be the sort of Cordelia who says to him, no, you're being ridiculous. Well, I hope it's her because none of the others mm. will. Um, and, uh, you know, Alice is sort of egging him on. And uh, he's, he's, a, he's an old man railing against the dying of the light. He can't He can't cope with the fact that his image is going to be you know, he was so cross that he wasn't top of the list for that um, at the golf club thing, you know, that he wasn't on the, on the <laughs> you know, and it's sort of his social standing is so important to him and that's disappearing. Mm. I don't know, right? You can't help but put yourself in the position of Brian. If you have built up a successful farm as he has since the 1970s, provided amply for your family, would you want to see it all come crashing down on a point of principle, which you're, you are actually guilty of 40 odd years later? Well, of course you I wouldn't would, want to, but, but no, you know. But he's deliberately saying 
Like, I'm going to not plead guilty and it's my honour that's at stake and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I, you know, I understand that if you're like in your 20s, that level of yeah. put spur and yeah. like, yeah. I can I can defeat the world yeah. and the system. And, and you know what? You can still recover from that if you're in your 20s or 30s. But like if you're 70 plus yeah. and you've been running it for years <laughs> and there are lives that de- mm. that have depended on them on this and still do i think you just take your punishment surely mm. just yes say, exactly because i and i think somebody as sage as brian is would actually just say you know what it, it's a fair cop gov right um i take the point though that the one listener said um on the book of face that the environmental agency it's a case of did you uh, knowingly yeah. pollute the water course but he knew he was doing bad stuff. Yeah. Right? That's the reason why these dodgy blokes says, can you bury this on your land, please? You know, we can't, we can't, we can't legally dispose of this anywhere right. else. So I suppose there is a, a, point, a point there for some, some level of wriggle room. But he knew what he was doing was wrong and it was some level of pollutant. It was something that shouldn't have been buried and whatever. And he took... Uh, you know, ill-gotten gains. It it, it took money, uh, to, you know, to, to do this thing, and he knew it was wrong. But anyway, I I don't quite believe that. I'm really glad that Kerry says that it's nonsense that Charles wants to leave because this for me, I'm going well. He obviously is going to spend some time away from from the show because this for me doesn't quite make sense. I just repeat, I don't believe a 70-year-old man, a lifelong, lifelong, you know, body of work, you know, he's built up this farm, uh, would just, like, throw, toss it away. But, but uh, what do I know? I am but a humble listener, innerer of the archers. Uh, Luce, so now we've dealt with Brian Aldridge. Um, shall we have some tweets, our Luce? Yes. Martha Minnie. Helen, please do not refer to the new cows as Monty's ever again. It made me want to kill you, and you're not even real. <laughs> um, <laughs> if we had any ham, I am expecting a spectacular exit by these cows from the lorry after that build-up, juggling, roaring down the mampin, <laughs> roaring down the ramping minis, etc. I know it was a bit overblown. Um, Ali, cows in the morning, karate is dawning. Cows at night, karate's off. Shite. <laughs> treasonable sarah just imagine having adam reading you a bedtime story yes that's what i thought and glenn fuller love his tweet of the week helen and lee went up the hill although it was underwater lee fell down got mud on his clothes for town and helen didn't tell him she'd stabbed her previous husband hashtag the archers Oh, I liked those tweets. Now, Lucy, guess what? What? We've got a hot seller on our hands. It's the, our new mug design in Woo-hoo. the Dumpty Dum shop. It's a beautiful, beautiful mug, our Lucy. It's kind of white at the top. And then at the bottom, it's got some grass. And then in relief, in reverse, is the legend, Dumpty Dum. And I tell you what, it's corking. It's <laughs> flying off the virtual shelves of our shop, right? So much so that we've even now had uh, a dumby dumber or two uh, tweet a uh, picture of themselves sipping hot beverages out of their new dumby dum 
uh, mugs. And I've sent one to you. I'm going to send one to Yokel Bear. I'm going to send one to Robart. And I'm going to send one uh, to whoever um, I see fit to because they're awesome. I'm proud of them. People are buying them. And you know what you should do, dear listener? Go on to dumdydum.com, hit the shop tab, go get yourself one because they're absolutely stonking. There are other stuff you can buy at our shop as well. You can buy like T-shirts. Oh, you can even buy a pair of flip-flops if you want. Right, there's all manner of dumpty dum related goodness, and it's just one way for you, listener, to show your support for this wondrous podcast uh, by going on to dumdydum.com and hitting that shop tab. Now, also on dumdydum.com, you'll be pleased to know, Lucy, there is a forum and there are other things you can do. And there's the Right You Are quiz, uh, which (laughs) is still (laughs) rattling on with people. I don't think anyone has got all, is it 24? Anyway, no one's got all correct answers to Mike Hatton's fantastic quiz, but people are doing I it. I might have a bash at it later. Really? Mm. I think you should. There, there is obviously, it, uh, you go on there, it's just a whole load of, it isn't even just the quiz itself. It's the fact that He's responding to people in the comments. So people are saying, here are my answers. And, and then he says, oh, no, you've only got like 19. And they come back for another go. And he goes, oh, you're now <laughs> to 21. It's a lot of that page. Well, Mike, he's, probably had to, he's probably had to give up his job now. He's just, <laughs> he's just become a full-time manager of the Dumpty Dum Right You Are quiz. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a whole level of genius. And you deserve every plaudit that comes your way with this. It's absolutely brilliant. So go on to dumptydum.com hit um right you are it is actually on the home page still and i think what we'll do uh mike is we'll we'll put a little tab to it on the side or something so uh it'll be there forever so it won't just like drift off the home page when we when we put new podcasts on so good for you sir uh so that's dumdydum.com awesome things there abound are loose yep now talking about awesome things um patreon is an awesome thing and uh it's a way for you to go on to uh it's a way for you to show your support for our website by simply going on to patreon and donate into uh, us dollars a show now they can convert that out of your english pounds bank account so don't worry about that saying oh, i haven't got any dollars in my bank account don't worry they sort it all out for you and they do the currency conversion so don't worry just go on to patreon.com show your support for us and it's a way as i say to you it's a way of showing your support but also you get some extra content now lucy got some breaking news for you yes Hello, i've Basil. got some breaking news for you my coal man's just come <laughs> <laughs> I think yes he has uh has he? do you he hasn't actually rung the doorbell yet um let's finish it up quickly and then I can go and get the door all right cool so very quickly uh, breaking news uh Terry Malloy um is uh gonna do um a little show uh with uh with oh, me no next I've gotta week. go <laughs> <laughs> Hang- all right go Hang on a minute oh.
Hello. 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 Coal man. Goodness. Yes. Do you remember a couple really weeks ago? No, it's... Really? Yes. Describe the coal man. Uh, he's about uh, 27, I would say, mm-hmm. and he is Greek and he has uh, lovely eyes. And he's very fit from lugging big loads of bags of coal around. <laughs> and now what you're doing sounds like you're unwrapping uh i'm a opening post i should stop sorry okay cool. yes uh so um breaking news uh yes. terry malloy yep uh long an actor on the arches hasn't been on it for a little while uh used to play mike tucker of course um he's coming on we're doing a special little show and we're talking about life um, outside of the archers so th- if you are a patreon member you will get that in your feeds before the end of next week so that's uh myself and our terry uh why don't you do the next bit our lucy um remember to get in contact you can send us a voice message via speakpipe on the website or you can call 0203 0313105 to leave a message uh, don't let me stop you what? Read some more. Oh, you can find Royfield and Lucy at Dumpty Dum. <coughs> I'm eating wasabi peas and I'm just choked on one. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy is at, I mean, I am at Lucy V. Freeman. <laughs> and Royfield can be found at Royfield. Oh, and I need to mm. do my um, headline of the day, um, which isn't from the mirror today. Today it's from BBC Look East. Oh, you know what? I love what? you dearly. I really do. I, I love your Facebook blindness. I really do. <laughs> oh, Facebook sorry. Refuse Nickness. Yes, and you can go on Facebook and do whatever the hell it is people do on Facebook on there. So that's good. Anyway, headline from BBC <laughs> Look East is Police Horses Find Escaped Milton Keynes Budgie. There you go. What? That's the headline. <laughs> Police horses find escaped Milton Keynes budgie. So they were looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> I just like this because this I, is... think, I think I like the idea that our our foreign listeners are listening to this, thinking, "What the hell goes on over there?" <laughs> so wait a minute. The person who owned the budgie that escaped went to the police and says, right, my budgie's escaped. And they've and said, And the police well, all said, hang on a minute, I've know where that is. <laughs> that's better than that. The sergeant <laughs> at the desk says, well, all our officers are busy. However, <laughs> we'll 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 horses, horses, horses on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they found it. Yeah. Got it. It's her. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, Harris McBurn's going to learn a from those police horses. <laughs> <laughs> a useless policeman that he is. Look at the police sources in Milton Keynes. They're on it. Wow. That, that story, so, that headline so perplexed me on every level. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, well, everybody, by the time you get this, I will have sweated uh, bullets uh, editing this because um, unbeknownst to, to you. We restart about 15 times. Yeah. And- 
it's been a little bit of a nightmare and it's been recorded over two days but uh you know what uh we love dumby dum so it's worth it so uh, it's been interruptions from, from the coal man the washing machine delivery men uh you having to you had to do something yesterday didn't you no mm-hmm. was it no it's all been me this time isn't oh it? Uh, me, me dad coming in with, dad a with bit the herbal of, tea uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's it's been a full on episode of Dumpty Dum in terms of interruptions. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, that's uh, Toodle Pip from me. And me. Bye bye. Well done, you. Uh, and you. That that was that was stunning. End. Well done. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.